This is the Ballroom State of Mind podcast, episode 75, Partnerless. Welcome to the Ballroom State of Mind podcast. I'm Amber Hader and I'm your host. I am an amateur ballroom dancer and I'm also a personal mindset coach. When I started dancing just a few years ago, I started to recognize pretty quickly the ways in which my head was getting in my way. And I could see it in the other dancers around me as well. So I determined pretty quickly that I gotta find a way to get these mindset tools that I use in my professional life into the hands of dancers so that they can improve faster, they can have more fun, less anxiety, and win more. We all wanna win a little bit more, not only in our dancing, but in life. The tools I share in this podcast are gonna help you do both. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the podcast today. Before I jump in to the topic at hand, I wanted to just dream for a little bit. I've been thinking about you guys a lot and I've been thinking about the clients as I coach them privately. And I've been trying to figure out what are the best ways that I can serve you? What are the ways that I can reach more people and really just help build a community in the ballroom world. And so I want to dream for a minute. I don't have any of this ready and (laughs) I don't know when I will, but looking into the future, what my next kind of hope is, is to create sort of a do-it-yourself course. So those who aren't interested in private coaching or don't know if private coaching is right for them, I want to provide some way that I can still give you a lot of the tools that I give my clients. And Truthfully too, I give you a lot of tools on the podcast and some of those come up in my sessions, but also as things come up with different clients, we work on different things and sometimes tools are created. And sometimes there's things that I work with certain clients on and they don't really come up for other clients, but it probably would help them, but it just doesn't come up necessarily in the time that we work together. And so I want to like create something where kind of all the tools are and, and it might be some sort of like course form. And you can kind of do it yourself and, or we might include some coaching somehow, like group coaching or something, but I'm kind of imagining a course that, um, I could offer to you guys. And I want to talk about this a little bit more. And so if you haven't joined joyful ballroom, go join the Facebook group, joyful ballroom. I link it in the show notes. Usually, um, you can also probably search it in Facebook, but I'm going to go there and talk about this a little bit. And elicit some ideas. So I want to know like, what are the things that are most useful to you? What are the podcasts that have been most useful to you that you listen to again and again? Um, And if you've been my client, for sure, I want to know what are the tools that you continue to use? What are the ones that are most memorable to you? And I want to start collecting all that because I want to put it together. I've even started like kind of on my big whiteboard, started to kind of pencil out like, "Mm, where do things go? Which tools do I want to include? Which ones maybe not. And so just know that might be coming down the line at some point, maybe I'll generate an interest list so that you can find out when that's coming up, but for sure, join joyful, joyful ballroom because they find out things first in there. So I'll probably announce it to them first. And I'll want to take some people through it to make sure it's what I want it to be. And that will either be free or at a super low discount down discounted rate. And I'll offer it there first. So 
go join Joyful Ballroom. Get it? (laughs) All right, let's talk about being partnerless today. And there's lots of reasons that you might be partnerless, okay? And there's a number of times that I've seen this in my own private coaching. One of my very early clients was a pro-am dancer who was going to go pro. That was her intention. And so she was on a partner hunt. She was dancing pro-am, but she was looking for a pro partner. And she had a long period of time where she was looking for a partner and going on tryouts and having to kind of dance on her own or continue to stay involved and stay in the world, but without feeling like having that home of a partner. Okay. Um, I've also had other clients in multiple situations where they're dancing pro-am and then their pro partner gets injured, like long-term injured. There was a studio that asked me to come chat with them a little bit and their, um, kind of main male pro at their studio had been in an accident and was long-term out. So there was a, a number of pro-am students who didn't have their pro partner. And there was, there, there is somebody else in their studio that they can dance with, but, um, I don't think they compete with him. And so they're not able to compete right now. And they feel a little bit out of sorts with that. And uh, I had another private client who her pro partner, she's amateur, her pro partner also got significantly injured And they had plans to kind of grow her career and grow her abilities and move into a pro status at some point. And his injury was a long-term injury that might actually kind of end his career. And so she just saw her dreams crashing down uh, all around her. And so those are the situations that I've experienced directly with not having a partner. Um, And the one that I really want to mostly speak to today is the one where you you're a pro am and and your in um your pro partner is injured or long term you don't have one or they're not competing um but everything that i share here today applies and and i will throw in some nuggets for people who are looking for pro partners and just don't have one um or even amateurs who don't have an amateur partner and so everything i that i share here it's not like it's not going to be relevant to you it will um but those are the conditions under which this came up and why i wanted to address it Now I'm going to give you like four different things. I don't know what to call them. Four different areas to consider. And it's kind of actions that you can take, but I am a mindset coach and I am an emotions coach. And so before we get into the actions and we get into the things that you can do, I want you to just really pay attention. If this is you to your mindset, because I want you to remember that the way that you think is going to create a lot of emotions for you. And then whatever those emotions are, are going to drive your action or inaction. So I want you to attend to your mentality, attend to your attitude, attend to that perspective and be really watchful of it because it's so easy to become discouraged. It's so easy to feel hopeless or powerless. And when you are thinking thoughts and have a mindset, or sometimes I call it like a thought storm, it's like all the stories or the narrative around your situation. And when you're having a thought storm or you're having this narrative that creates discouragement or apathy, 
Like that's going to play out in your actions and you're going to be less likely to take the actions I'm even offering you. So if you get into that sort of discouraged place, first of all, I want you to know nothing's gone wrong. Like it's so human of you. We are in a partner dancing situation. And if you don't have like a home-based partner for a long period of time, that's really hard. So if you're in the place that you're feeling that discouragement, I, I get it. Okay. And, and it's human. And I'm not saying that we're going to like be positive all the time, or we're just going to be able to attend to our thoughts and our emotions and just be happy and strong in our situation all the time. There's going to be times and seasons where it's just hard. And I want to validate that. Okay. But also you are in control of a lot of that. So there's times when the way this looks like for me, when I'm in situations like this is there's times when I just want to be discouraged and I want to talk about how it's not fair. And I want to keep that narrative going and talk to people about it and talk about how hard it is. And that feels very validating and it feels very true. And so there's sometimes that I just want to indulge in it and that's fine. That's human. But also notice how, when we're indulging in that for too long, it just keeps us stuck and it produces a lot of inaction or it produces when we are taking action and we're practicing and we're doing everything we can to try to find a partner or just, you know, prepare for a partner to come that action is all laced with those kind of negative, heavy, downer type emotions. So before I give you all of these actions, pay attention to your mindset. And are you thinking a lot of thoughts that are creating sort of a negative, hard, heavy experience for you most of the time? And towards the end of this podcast, I am going to give you some thoughts to think that uh, will help you figure out what that that forward moving, more positive, more constructive mindset might look like. Okay. But for now, let's get into the different, the four different things that I wanted to mention to you um, that I want you to think about. The first thing that I would suggest to you is just to stay involved, stay involved in the community as much as you can, whatever that looks like. Some of you are in franchise type studios that have a lot of social things that go on. Some of you are not. Some of you are in small towns that don't have a lot of other dance opportunities. Some of you are in areas, big cities where there might be social dance opportunities all over the place or classes or boot camps or um, workshop type things. There might be multiple studios. And so they're just more accessible to you. But whatever the case, I want to recommend to you that you just try to stay involved in the community. So that can look like social dancing for me. I love to go social dancing. I think social dancing is very useful. Um, it, plus it just keeps you dancing. And the thing about social dancing is I feel like it's fun. I feel like it's light. Um, there's not a lot of thinking and technique involved because at least as a follow, I can just go and, and people can kind of lead me around. Um, it helps me with partnering a little bit, but it also helps me with just like being able to improvise and being able to be light and fun and express a little bit and be playful. And so I think it's a fun way to stay involved. There's also for some of you, group classes, different studios, different franchises and stuff will have group classes that you can take. Okay. Or there might be boot camps. I know our studio does boot camps and we allow outsiders to come and take our boot camps. So are there other ways that you can stay involved and keep dancing and keep that community around you? Another idea is to find people that you can practice with. So these might not be people that can lead you, but it might be other follows and sometimes getting together at a designated time can provide you a little bit of accountability. And if we just play the music, you guys can still dance your particular routines or you can work on technique together. 
um, but maintain a connection with your community. Also, if you are like looking for a pro partner, I want you to think about too, staying involved in the community and continuing to network, continuing to attend. We might still continue to attend um, competitions and spectate at competitions. Um, you can still support other people who are dancing that you know who might still be competing, but be involved in the community, especially if you're looking for a pro partner, maintain those connections, maintain that networking, be out there talk, talking to coaches, talking to other coaches, making sure people know that you are here and that you are out here and you're, you're still looking for a partner. Okay. Sometimes when we start to have thoughts that like, this isn't going to happen for me, I've, I've done this a bunch of times and nobody wants to be my partner. And we start to feel kind of that self-pity. We stop talking to people and we inevitably are going to self-fulfill that prophecy. Like, because when we stop reaching out, we stop connecting with our community. We are going to fall back into the shadows. So keep yourself involved, keep spreading the word, especially if you're looking for a partner in that pro situation. Okay. Second thing I want you to think about is keep setting goals and our goals might not have to do necessarily with competing in the case of pro-am if we don't have a partner to compete with, but I want you to think about goals that are very measurable. And the easiest place for me to go to with this in my mind is numbers of things. So I can set goals around how many practice times do I want to do a week or how many minutes or hours do I want to spend a week practicing? How many social dance outings do I want to ask myself to go to in a month? Or how many group classes do I want to try to attend in a week or in a month? And set goals around those to keep yourself accountable and keep yourself dancing and learning. Okay. Now, if you're looking for um, a partner, like a, like a pro situation or an amateur amateur situation, you might set goals around the number of reach outs. Am I going to be, how many times do I want to post in partner search sites or groups or how many times a month or a quarter do I want to be talking to people and reaching out to them and letting them know I'm still looking. And we can set goals around that in terms of like numbers, just numbers of reach outs. Sometimes in that case, finding a partner is just like a numbers game. It's like, how many people can I reach out to? How many sites can I post on? How frequently can I post on them? Especially in this day and age where like I can post something today and there's people who would never see it. And so I have to post again and again and again until somebody actually sees it, even if they're online every day. So you, you still want to be out there so you can set goals around being visible. Third thing, and this I think is really kind of the biggest one really is because this is probably the way that you could stay the most motivated is to just keep learning. And this is easier than ever in the world that we live in because there's videos everywhere, everywhere. YouTube, and I just call it YouTube University. <laughs> there's so many videos on YouTube University, okay? There's so much dancing. There's so much technique. There's so many people that you could learn from. And in addition to just what's randomly on YouTube or what's randomly on social media, um, there are apps that are very, very good with very good teachers, very highly skilled professionals in the industry who would be very effective to learn from, okay? For example, Dance Vision has an app, Koros, K-O-R-O-S has an app, the Global Smooth System has a program you can do, and all of those are readily available to you. They all have a, a fee, I don't know what they are, but those are very reputable sources for you to learn technique and to keep progressing. So. Don't think that if you don't have a partner, you can't keep learning. You can. Another idea to think about in terms of keeping learning is to focus on other skills that you don't normally give time to. 
So if you normally, when you have a partner, you're working on choreography, you're preparing for competitions. And so now we've freed up maybe a little bit of brain space. Maybe we want to focus on some other things. It was like, if I just had time for this, then I would give some attention to it. So for example, cross training and cross training can mean other styles. It can mean other things like your fitness level, working on getting into a little bit better shape, losing a little bit of weight, if that's what you've been wanting to do. Um, cross training in other styles can totally benefit your dancing because there's definitely parts of dancing, especially in the ballroom world that transfer across all the styles and any dancing, in my opinion, is you familiarizing yourself with your body and knowing how it moves in space. And so we just always want to keep doing that. And there's specific styles too, that can help you with certain things. Like for example, just one example is West coast swing is a social dance, but it's very improvisational. It requires skills around leading and following, and it's playful and it's helping you like be in the moment and be present and to play with that. And so if there's different skills, maybe soft skills or just skills that we don't normally give a lot of attention to, this is an opportunity to give a little bit of time and attention to those. Okay. Another thing that you can do to keep learning is to work on your mental and emotional resilience. Hint, hint. <laughs> okay. Like this might be the perfect time to shore up your mental and emotional strength and those skills, especially if you've been dancing for years and years and years, and there are still things that you can't seem to improve or get past like anxiety during competitions or not being able to stop overthinking or still being obsessed with comparing yourself to other people or, or your self-talk is still really critical and highly perfectionistic. And we've just haven't been able to address it. Maybe now is the time. And maybe now is the time to work on your confidence, especially in a moment where we're feeling like kind of stuck or low, or if we can't find a partner and nobody's choosing us, that's the perfect time to get a little bit of extra support. Okay. Um, you also might choose to work on skills that you haven't considered like leading and following. And what I mean is if I'm always the follow, maybe I want to practice a little bit being the lead. Maybe if I want to go to group classes or I want to go social dancing and they do lessons before they do the open dancing, it's like, maybe I want to try being the other side of the partnership and see what that's like and get a sense of that. And maybe this is a good time to work on those kind of skills. The last one, point four, is to just let it be fun, my friends. If you are in this place and you've been here for a long time, it can be so heavy and it can be so hard. And discouraging, like I've said, like a thousand times, but let it be fun. Look for the ways that we can make it fun. Look for the parts of it that you enjoy and milk those. Okay. Just try to keep it light when you can and, and try not to let it be heavy. And the way that we can let it be light and not so heavy is again, the mindset that you have around this. So I want to give you some thoughts to think that can help lighten the load a little bit and keep you forward moving and keep you being productive and motivated in your practice and in your dancing, okay? So one thing I wanna bring to your attention, here's a thought that you can think, which is my progress has always been up to me, whether I have a partner or not, and whether I have like a main teacher or coach or not, your progress is always up to you. 
because we could have a teacher who's teaching us all the time. And if we're not applying what they're giving us anyway, we're not necessarily progressing at the rate that we could. So don't forget that your progress has always been up to you. That hasn't changed. Okay. Another thought. There's still a lot I can do. Do you remember that podcast way back in the day about subtractive thinking? Subtractive thinking is I can't, I'm not, I don't have, I'm not going to be able to. It's all what's missing. And I want you to redirect to there's still a lot I can do. I've given you a lot of ideas here, but there's still a lot that is possible and redirect your brain to that. And let your brain go to work on solving that problem of give me some ideas. Help me figure out what I can do. Another thought, I am becoming a better, stronger dancer through this experience. Being able to dance on your own is so good for your dancing. I've heard so many students, so many clients. I've heard them literally say that they can't dance. They can't practice. They can't warm up unless they have their partner and I I get it. Like I understand because there's a lot of things that we feel like we can't do without them. But the reality is too, that if we're thinking that way, we're relying on them too much. We're hanging on them probably there or they're dancing us around. And we might not be taking responsibility and personal ownership for our own dancing. And there's nothing like not having a partner to force you to dance on your own. Um, I haven't lost a partner, you know, or I haven't been partnerless, but there was a time in my dancing. I know when this moment was where I, I kind of started to have thoughts that like, you're not going to up level until you just figure out how to dance on your own. And what I mean is like, be able to go through my routines, knowing them, knowing what they are and dancing them as close to full out as I can without my partner there and being able to stay in my balance and maintain my posture and my center and do all of that and be able to move at the pace that I want. And I need to be able to do that on my own to get myself to the next level. And my teacher must've been thinking something similar because we were at a competition. It was like a small competition. And he decided that was the best time to (laughs) stop letting me like hang on him and stop letting me just depend on him so much. And so if I would rely on him for balance, or if I would hang on him just a little bit too much, he would kind of like let go of his support so that I was kind of on my own. And I was at the time I was pretty furious about it because I was like, this is not the time or place to be making this change, but he wasn't wrong. And I had already started to kind of think that that's what I needed to do in my training next. And so after that competition, I really started to work on that. Like, okay, this is mine. This is my personal ownership. I got to figure out how to dance on my own in my own balance maintaining my own body. And that following like six months, eight months after that, like my dancing skyrocketed. Okay. And I I thought about this, like riding a bike and it's like, if you're riding a bike and you have training wheels on, or you've got a parent there, who's like holding the seat and holding you up. And every time we ride the bike, we either have somebody holding and supporting us, or we've got the training wheels It's like, yes, you can ride a bike and yes, it can still be a good experience, but we're so limited when we are in that dependent place. So I want you to open up your mind to taking those training wheels off. And this is the perfect opportunity when we're partnerless to force us to do that. And you don't have to be partnerless to come to that conclusion and be able to start that work. 
But think about all the things that we can do on a bike when we don't have training wheels on. Now we can go faster. Now we can do Papa wheelies. Now there's all kinds of tricks we can do. And, and we get used to learning how to be on the bike and have balance and be able to control that bike in the ways that we want to. And I know that you guys want to be able to do that with your bodies. So if you're in this situation or not, this is, this is a skill that you want to be able to build. You don't want to be completely dependent on your partner for your balance and to have you doing your the best dancing that you can do. You want personal ownership of it. Okay. Um, another thought for you, and this is a thought I use in so many areas of my life, nearly probably every area of my life is this is happening for me, whatever situation is happening. Like my teacher who let's say tears his calf muscle and now I'm without a partner. There is some way that this is happening in my favor and I might not see what it is, but this is happening for my highest good. This is happening for my development. This is happening in my favor. I might not like it. There might be hard things about it, but how is this happening for me? And I want to tell you about one of my clients who that's what happened. Her teacher tore his calf muscle and he was going to be out long-term, start seeing less dancers, probably less having less students, definitely was not going to be dancing, finding a pro partner anytime soon. And my student was devastated because she, or my client was devastated because she thought, well, there goes all my dreams. She thought she might have to move out of state. She might have to find a new studio. And there was somebody else that she could dance with in the studio. And so for temporarily, she was going to dance with him and she'd been dancing smooth with her previous partner. And this one was a standard dancer, but she's like, all right, let's go. And wouldn't you know it? They were dancing together and her previous partner was like, you guys are a really strong partnership. Like, like this is like really something here. And long story short, they are preparing to be a pro couple in the standard world. And they're making way towards that because all of a sudden they are just like this magical partnership that they would have never would have known. They never would have found if we hadn't been forced into that position. And she never could have seen that coming. She never could have predicted that. But notice how that kind of did happen in her favor. Try on that thought that whatever challenge I'm going through, it's for my benefit. It's going to make me a better, stronger dancer, or there's something down the line, or it's forcing me into a position that I might not have taken myself. So how is this happening in my favor? All right. So listen, last, last, last thing I want to offer to you is it's totally okay to take a break. If we've been in this place and we've been trying, 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 and we've been pushing forward and we've been contacting all the people and we've been doing tryouts or we've been just trying to maintain our motivation for a long time and we're just kind of done, it's okay to take a break. There was a point in my business, I don't know, about a year ago where I was so discouraged, so discouraged. Just things weren't working the way that I wanted or like I wasn't getting the clients in that I wanted and I was trying things and they weren't working and I was so discouraged and I would get coaching on it and I would talk to my friends about it and my family, nobody could coach me out of it. I was just stuck. I was stuck in kind of this discouraged place and I had to like mentally put it down. So I, I kept my business going. I kept doing my things. I kept recording podcasts and I kept like kind of a minimum <laughs> effort to keep it alive. 
but mentally I had to take the pressure off my business to, I had to take all the expectations off and I had to just kind of mentally step away. And it took a while, but I really needed that break and kind of a reset before I was ready to re-engage. And so sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. And sometimes we have to just, we've been pedaling, pedaling, pedaling that bike, and we just need to get off for a minute. And a lot of times that break, when we come back, we can come back stronger, ready, more energized, because we're not like burned out from trying to maintain our belief, trying to maintain our motivation for so long. And don't let your brain tell you that if I take that break, that I'm slowing down my progress and that I'm not going to be where I want to be. And because that doesn't have to be true. I know of a professional dancer who took five years off because she just was kind of burned out and she was trying to figure out, do I really want to do this? Do I really love this? Do I really care about this? Is this really mine or am I doing this for other people? And she took five years off before she came back. And currently having a very successful professional career. Okay. So don't let your brain tell you that if you take a little bit of time off, you're going to be necessarily somehow in some worse off place. Maybe, but also maybe not. Maybe a break is exactly what you need. So if you need a break, let yourself be open to that. Okay. We can always come back. It'll be here waiting for you. All right. I love you guys. If you're, if you're partnerless, hang in there. You're not alone. There's a lot of people going through it and, and everything that's happening is happening in your favor somehow. So I wonder what that is. All right. That's what I have for you today. Uh, Hey, I'll catch you next time. Who's going to the Ohio star ball. It's coming up soon. I'll be there. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Do you have a mindset coach yet? If you don't, you should really think about it because all of the best dancers, all of the best athletes, they have coaches and it's not because they're weak. It's because they're smart. And they know that if they have gaps that they need to fill, they got to hire the right people to fill those gaps so that they can fulfill their potential, become the dancer that they always dreamed that they would be. All right. So it's super easy to find out if private coaching is for you. You just get on a dance strategy call with me. It's free. It's simple. It's not very long. And I'll give you some strategies right away that you can apply right away. And then if we want to work together beyond that, we can discuss it. But other than that, it's a super simple process. I'll leave information in the show notes about how to make that happen. So thanks for being here today.